Hello, I'm Claire and welcome to Cardicast, a glam podcast brought to you by New Cardigan. Our November Melbourne Cardi Party was technically in sale, visiting the Sailwater Tower Museum, originally designed by John Granger, the father of Percy Granger, who we've also visited the museum of. The tour was hosted by Michelle Page Cook, a member of Sail Historical Society and local historian Peter Sinan. Hi everyone, I'm Nick McGrath. I'm the Vice President of New Cardigan. Claire Presser is our President. Hugh Rundle is our Secretary. And we're actually here today as a joint event with the Sale Historical Society and Michelle Page Cook has organised this event. So thank you, Michelle. What I'm going to do now, before I say any more, um, I'm going to hand over to Michelle. So Michelle can do a bit of an intro about this building and then maybe introduce Peter, if you like. Thanks. Okay, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks everyone for coming today. Really excited that you all came to sail. I'm pretty proud of what we have here. Our local historian Peter Sinan has been behind restoring this building and converting it into a museum. I work with him as part of the Historical Society, so we're all volunteers there. Um, we open this museum here at the Water Tower every Saturday, two to four. Peter will talk a lot about the museum. He's the expert. He knows everything. (laughs) So I'm excited to today firstly bring you to this building built in 1888. Then we're actually going to have lunch at the Criterion Hotel built in 1865. So back in history again. Then we're off on the Rabina for a boat cruise. Now the Rabina is an old wooden boat. It was first launched in Lake Centrance in 1912. Um, and it's still going. That boat will take us down to the Swing Bridge, built in 1883, also designed by John Granger, who designed this water tower. Big step back in time today. Very excited to have you all here in Sale in Gippsland. And I'll introduce our speaker today, Peter Sinan. Um, He's a local historian, very passionate about Sale, about Gippsland, about this water tower. He made this happen. It's just spectacular. It's just such a good thing to have here in Sale, and I'm proud to have you all here today. So I'll pass over to Peter. Oh. <laughs> I rarely get such a good introduction <laughs> as that. Well, welcome to you all. And I know some of you travelled from Canberra and Melbourne. And uh, where else? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Michelle's been a big, big contributor. Uh, she also has a passion for us. She's using this word passion. She's got a passion for this building too and been terrific support over the, the well, three years it took to really get it up and running. Brian Castle's come around, Brian. Michelle didn't know Brian was coming, but... Uh, <laughs> We've just been making a few alterations. <laughs> Brian, we know him as Barney. He, 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 he's been a major collaborator in the whole project and very knowledgeable bloke. And, He's very interested in and involved with the, uh, our local gallery, Gibson Gallery Sale. Uh, so uh, he's been a major contributor there for a long time. So he'll also talk to you when, when you go upstairs, I think, and uh, add the bits and pieces that I miss. Uh, so Michelle's done a terrific job. This is the first time I've had, uh, had flowers. And, uh, was there a bit of music? Was there Granger music? Yes, or had some Percy Granger. Had Percy, Granger, Percy Granger yes. music. <laughs> Uh, just to give you a few introductory, com- uh, introductory remarks, the building is the Sale Water Tower, it's the Sale Brick Water Tower, 
Uh, we have three three towers in sale. A lot of a lot of towers do have a couple of towers at least. They're easy to spot when you go into a town. My wife and I are water tower spotters or watchers. You just drive in, look over the and the, and the horizon. There it is, a beautiful water tower, particularly in northern Victoria, particularly in northern Victoria. So this was built 1887 and was completed in 1888. Really easy to remember, 1888. And I think it's the only brick water tower in Gippsland. I think it is. It, when you look elsewhere in Gippsland, there are towers like the one across the, road, one across the way there, they're reinforced concrete. Uh, so that's a different type of tower, like a more recent tower really. Why was it built? It was built because in the 1880s, and not only in Sale, but probably all over Victoria, there were some very, very dry seasons, dry years, and people were running out of water. It's an old, old story in Australia, running out of water. And when you ran out of water, you were dependent on people who were known as watermen. And watermen were water carriers. And they had a horse and a dray, and there were like a little town like Sale, we had about 3,000 people at that, at that time, there might be half a dozen or more water carriers. And they backed their horse into the river, Thompson River, about a mile away, and uh, had a cask on the back and had their buckets, and they just dipped the pail, uh, dipped, the, dipped the pails in the, in the water, uh, into the cask, and then went from, uh, from house to house, selling their water. Huh? Isn't it? Now you might say, well, what's wrong with people who sell? They don't have a tank or two or something like that. Some did, some didn't. But in dry seasons, you certainly ran out of water. You ran out of water. So, so it was this sort of dependence on water, the importance of water, uh, that uh, eventually convinced the people of sale that there should be a water tower with a reliable source and supply of water. Is it all making sense so far? Yeah. yeah. Why is water needed? Well, why? People love water, you need water at home, particularly if you can't rely fully on your tank at home or your well at home. You need water to slosh around with and do all sorts of things at home. Even though the water was coming out of the river and it was untreated. It was untreated just as it came out of the water. But it came out of the river, but no worries about it, you needed water. The other, the, the other body and cell who needed water was the fire brigade. And it's just the same today, without a fire brigade, Without a fire brigade and an abundant supply of water under pressure, it's difficult to put out fires under certain conditions. And in Sale, in the 15 years before 1888, there were two disastrous fires in the main street. And the poor old fire brigade had a, well, they had a horse and a cart and a tank and a pressure tank, uh, 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 and a, pr a pressure tank, and they fought fires with that. But if the wind was behind the fire, and they'd run out of water and they couldn't put the fire out. And there were two occasions, would you believe, where the fire spread from shop to shop to shop and burnt down five mm. shops. Absolutely, they just couldn't, just not enough water to put it out. So the fire brigade uh, needed water, uh, water under pressure and water and volume, water and volume. Uh, the, the third lot that needed, needed water and sale were the, the people themselves who walked the streets to sale because have you noticed that Sale is very, very flat? Mm. Has anyone found a hill in Sale so far? <laughs> no. So to drain the town, now all the water from what we call sullage from your kitchen sink, all flowed out under the road, onto table drains, into deep gutters, 
and eventually slowly, slowly, slowly got down to what we call Lake Guthridge. But the, 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 the drains were so deeply cut and because there was so little fall, the water used to become stagnant. And remember me t telling you about the, the, the dry, dry seasons, and can you imagine, it's hard to imagine this lovely town of us, it was, to use a very gentle word, malodorous. <laughs> <laughs> it stank. Yeah. Yeah, it did, really did. So you needed water to flush mm -hmm. sales drains. So there were three very big important reasons why we needed this tower. Would you believe when the idea was first mooted, the people of sales said, no, we don't want this, we don't want this. Because they said this because the town's doctor, the most important doctor, the most prestigious doctor, his name was Archie MacDonald, Dr. Archie MacDonald, he was council's medical officer of health, and he said, don't do this scheme, the water is unsafe. The water was unsafe because uh, the headwaters of the Thompson River were in the area, in the, what we call the, the, the uh, Great Divide or the uh, uh, the lower mountains of the Great Divide, and it had a Stringers Creek, which we know as Walhalla today. And Walhalla was a gold mining town, a big gold mining town, and finding, getting gold and sluicing gold or using the water there. And there was a big population there, and there were piggeries and abattoirs, and all of the waste from that was going into the water, and eventually it was coming down past sail. And on times of very low flow, the water was very, very unsafe to drink. And Dr. MacDonald did get it right, unsafe to drink. Not all the time, but sometimes. So what do you do? You've got this lovely scheme, and we need the water for the other reasons that I talked about. Need the water, but the medical officer of health is saying, no, unsafe to drink. And the ratepayers say, no, not buying it. Won't allow you to do it. So what do you do? <laughs> what find do you somebody do? else to pay for it. Yeah, find, yeah. What do you do? That's a good answer. I'll put it to you. What do you do? This impasse. Do what? Anyway. What do you do? Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Yeah, do it anyway. However, there was a, the council came up with a very another idea which really worked, and that was to build a town swimming pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first time Sale had a had a pool in the town. Before that, if you were a girl, you went directly west to the river to bathe. Huh? If you were a bloke, you went sort of southwest to bathe as a fair trek, and a fair trek back through blackberries and all this sort of stuff. And uh, just making all the sweating, and when you got home, you wonder why did I go down the river? <laughs> but, but, but now, now uh, there's a promise of a bathing place, and council was built it directly behind. You'll see in that photograph, uh, there, there. They built it, they said, we'll give you this bathing pipe directly as part of the scheme. For the 8,000 pound, 8,000 pound, you get a pumping station down the river, uh, you get all the pipes that bring the water into sale called the rising main, you get this tower in the tank and the reticulation, and you also get a swimming pool, yeah. And all the opposition, all the fear of unsafe water and enteric fever and all, all melted away. <laughs> so any aspiring politicians amongst you, just remember, remember the sequence and how it all works. Am I still being recorded? <laughs>
Uh, council then put out tenders and uh, an, uh, an engineering firm by the name of John Granger uh, tendered and he won the tender. He was John Granger, he was an engineer and he was an architect. And he'd come out uh, from England and first went to Adelaide, then he went to Melbourne and later on he spent, spent quite a lot of time in West Australia. Uh, over in WA, he was the chief engineer for the public works department there. And that was in the 1890s and early 1900s and he designed some of the most beautiful buildings in Perth and in the gold fields. Uh, and uh, so upstairs you'll see some of those buildings. That, that is. But he also was a master of, of bridge making and bridge design. And uh, Michelle's already talked about the, you're going down on by boat to have a look at his great bridge uh, <coughs> called the Swing Bridge, Longford, or Swing Bridge Sail. And it's this remarkable bridge that's so finely balanced that it just takes one person that did once before Occupational Health and Safety came into it, just one few turns, and you could turn this 140 tonnes weight of bridge. One person, and it was only one person ever paid to do it, and it would swing around, mm. and it was admitting shipping into the port of sale. Uh -huh. So John Granger, he'd already designed the swing bridge, but he designed, for those in Melbourne, you know the Princess Bridge, Melbourne? Mm. Beautiful bridge, look, look underneath, and you see how the graceful arches, the three arches mm. there. Bridges in Adelaide called the Albert Bridge over the Torrens River, uh, and a whole host of beautiful designs of Granger's throughout Australasia. Not just Australia, Australasia. So uh, I know Barney and, uh, and, and Peter, we've both seen the, uh, uh, the Granger design. Granger and Deborah, his partner, uh, their uh, art gallery in Auckland. If you ever go there, a, that's a Granger, same person who designed this. So just to explain the building, the building is utilitarian, I must confess to that. It's got a, got a particular purpose. Uh, so, <coughs> because sales so flat, uh, there's no hills to put a, put a water basin on, you needed elevation. So it's 54 feet to the top there, and you need a tank at the top to give the gravity feed. So, what do we have here? Uh, we have in the middle there, the, we just ex explained the bits and pieces of it. Uh, that's the rising main that comes into there, and that column. There's three of those, brings the water. So that's got two purposes if you look closely at it. It's the water, water is being pumped up there and also it's been designed that it wraps around that beam or bearer, see that? Yeah. To give added strength to the building. Uh, so it was something that Granger had adopted. I don't say he was, it was his brainchild, but he'd adopted it around that time in other buildings in Melbourne, that sort of construction. You have at the back of that the smaller pipe, uh, which was the overflow, the overflow pipe. And uh, then you have the most important pipe of the lot, and this is what I've called, we've called it the outlet pipe. And that was the magic, that was the magic that for the very first time in 1888, if you lived in sale, you go home and you turn on a tap and water came out. Yeah. Uh, what a great, what a tremendous breakthrough, isn't it? Just imagine that. Living, <coughs> living without water supply, living without a tap. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so that's the magic one there. Now, the access to it all, when, when, when we arrived here, the place had been locked up, Barney, for about mm, 15 years or something well, like that. Least, yeah. yeah, 15 years or so. But there were occupants from time to time, <laughs> mainly possums, <laughs> mainly possums, uh, who had colonised the place. <laughs> And the, and the possums were, uh, hmm, we won't tell the whole story about the possums, will we, Barney? But, but the possums are nice 
cuddly creatures, perhaps of some, I don't know, cuddly, but something like that. They had inadvertently caused a lot of damage because they had, well, all the windows originally were these here, these timber, timber ones, timber loops, I'm trying to say, and the possums had come in and out of those, and also there had been ivy around the building, and the ivy had penetrated the building too. So possums added to that of all sorts of other creatures get, getting in, but also they made a home, they made a home and they weren't well toileted. <laughs> and there was possum poo all over the floor. Um, uh, and, it, and it really had set hard in place, particularly on the windowsills. Uh, now, I got, got off the point that the, the, the access was by ladder. Now, one of the rules of heritage, this is a heritage building, as you probably would have gathered, one of the rules of heritage is to retain as much as you can of what is here originally. So uh, it had three ladders to get you to the top. Uh, originally, we believed the ladders were one continuous ladder, uh, but over time they've been divided or cut into three sections. So you went up this ladder, it was an inclined ladder, fairly steep, and when we first came here, there were rungs missing off it. Rungs were missing off it. And uh, I, I know I went up many, many a time, and uh, uh, you'd wonder about, hmm, just how safe it was, but I clung onto the sides and I'm still here. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we retained the ladders, as a, as a, but of course, the, the, uh, any heritage building that's served its purpose, its original purpose, has to, have, has, has to be repurposed, else it's in trouble. So we have two things, a, a, wa a water museum, and secondly, uh, the pièce de résistance would be the views that you could get from the top, the observation deck. So we needed safe access. So the, the, the really key to get the, getting the, the, the project underway was to get money, and we got $25,000 from a benefactor whose name was John Leslie. John Leslie, famous name around these parts. And his trust, his trust uh, supplied $25,000, and that got us this stairway, three of, to get to the top. So that was really a key to it, wasn't a Barney, mm. to, to, to get going. Uh, so uh, yeah, so so the other thing about about heritage is where where you have to replace things, you try and replace like with like. Now the floors were the floors were pretty much wrecked. We're, at one stage we were thinking perhaps we could salvage a bit of flooring, but in the end we couldn't. So we decided that we would uh, have four new floors, and Barney pr primarily through his contacts, he's been in the timber industry and ironmongery industry, had contacts with wholesalers. And we were able to replace uh, this uh, original flooring, uh, which is, uh, I forgot, Baltic flooring, Baltic flooring. Bal flooring, with new Baltic flooring. Yeah? Beautiful, beautiful work. Of course, we had to be, there were a lot of people who say, yeah, we want to help you with working bees and all this, but this was really beyond working bees to a large degree. You needed a very, very good uh, builder, a builder not only good at his workmanship, but also had a feel for heritage. Uh, so we are doubly blessed by that, by, by our, our builders. Uh, so we were able to replace like with like to, to a large degree. The building was very, 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 very sound, I should say. The building was very, very sound, but the inside was pretty much wrecked. Um, the, walls were, oh, the walls were so grimy and dirty and dusty. Uh, there'd been fires. People had, not through malevolence, I doubt it, but nonetheless, had set fire to this place at least on two occasions. You can see over there where someone lit a fire on the, mm -hmm. see that post there? 
And that we found when we pulled the floor up, it went right under the building. I was so lucky they're still here. Another occasion, some, uh, the, I talked about the ivy before, someone lit fire to the ivy and it flamed up and, and uh, fortunately it didn't, didn't burn the building down I and mean, then it's brick and so on, but uh, it caused a lot of damage. And you can see we, we haven't replaced the timbers, the original louvers, on the windows up that side. You'll sort of see, and you can see where it's, the, the, the timber's charred. Can you see that? Yeah. yeah. So, so you had all that, and, and, and the fire and the smoke and the grime and the dust and the dirt, uh, it was a sort of, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty much a, uh, a problem area for, for us to contend with. However, we're there. Originally, we started off at $2,000, had $2,000 up our sleeve, so to speak, and, to, and that we sort of multiplied by various means, and I think our total cost would have been somewhere around about $250,000. Now, when I say that cost, that's money, coinage of the state, uh, it's grants and money, uh, and it's particularly um, uh, subsidised materials and labour, subsidised materials and labour, but to the value of about $250,000. When we started, the, we'll just tell you the building is owned by the council, that's the Shire of Wellington, but they said at the outset, and we're under no no, 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 no uh, misconception here, said, we're not going to do this, it's over to you, we're not going to do it. No, that's, we knew the rules from the start, we knew the rules. Uh, <coughs> but the Shire has been good subsequently, and we, uh, we couldn't have got to the stage finally without the support of the Shire, particularly getting the power on. And, uh, and, uh, and they had to do a lot of work outside too. The building, you know, I talked about the swimming pool that was built over there, when they built that swimming pool, a lot of the spoil or the dirt was piled up against the building and it suffocated the building. The, uh, the ventilator vents were all covered over, so we had to, well, the council did this, dig right back and get the vents working again. So we've given this building, I don't know, another couple hundred years of life, I reckon. I reckon we could have. Uh, I reckon about an hour. So, just to explain what, what, what it's all about. Oh, the windows, I'd like to mention the windows. Originally the windows were glass, there was five per floor, that equals 20 windows. They all got smashed within about three or four years. How does this happen in good old sale? I don't know. <laughs> and they were replaced by this wooden louvre, beautiful workmanship there. And uh, there were a lot of these windows, but they were twisted and burnt and damaged, and, and primarily through Barney, primarily through Barney and, uh, and some of his people who used to work in his, in, in his business. Uh, seven of them have been restored. And you'll see those upstairs, Michelle has got some of them open, you'll see the craftsmanship, how they open out, beautiful work there. Uh, so, ground floor tells you the story of the public water supply, there's a lot to read there and talk about. The first floor, I call it the first floor, the next one up, tells you about the Grangers, John Granger, his other lovely buildings, the Swing Bridge, the Princess Bridge in Melbourne, and also his son, Percy Granger, that the music you'll hear, you're going to play again? <laughs> Percy Granger's music. Uh, I heard something this morning on the ABC. Well, did you hear that, Barney? Was a yes, they have. They've been giving a lot lately, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so that's devoted to Granger. The next floor, what I call the second floor, uh, is devoted to artesian water. I'll let, let you read that story, other than to say, that Sale had the pioneer of artesian water in Australia. Big statement, big statement. Might have it a little bit wrong, but pretty close. <laughs> so, and, and, and he, was, he was a German Australian by the name of 
of uh, John Neiman, N-I-E-M-A-N-N, John Neiman, and he, he was very intelligent, he was a young person, he had a lot of trouble in his life and his family, he was ill most of his life, he died at age 47, but he was a, a great benefactor, not only to Sale, but to the whole of Gippsland and Victoria, because he said, Look, looking for a water supply, don't look at the river, don't look at the lake, don't look at the sky, look down below. And he was the first one, the very first one, to demonstrate that you could get artesian water. Yeah, that's right, artesian water. Um, so it's a great story about Neiman and artesian on, on the next floor, artesian water. Then finally we get there to the top floor, and uh, that's the observation deck, and you've got beautiful views and, and an attempt to interpret what you see, and a little bit about the workmanship of the building, and I think I've had it. <laughs> any, que any questions? Thank you very much. No, no questions. Any questions? Done. Um, can I ask a question, Peter? When did you first sort of get interested in history? Like, has it been an interest you've had forever? Or? It has been. Yeah. It, it has been. It really has been. Uh, I, I did. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to go to Melbourne University, and I did an arts degree and I majored in history. Uh, I was bonded to the education department. I would have had an opportunity to do a master's and all that sort of stuff, and I would have liked to have gone to academia. I don't think I would have got there, but I would have liked it, but I was bonded, and I went into, into schools, and I sort of stayed with the schools. So it goes right back to there. Uh, I took early retirement, but even before I took early retirement, I was writing history, and I particularly, I, I love my wife, I married someone who was also a historian, that probably helped a bit too, and she could type and I couldn't. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it's really come from there. I, 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 um, uh, yeah, I don't know how, how this all happens, but I've always been interested in history. Were you, um, when you were at Melbourne University, did you like visiting the Granger Museum? Yes, I know. I didn't even know. The... Oh, <laughs> have you visited since? I, ha I haven't, but Barney, can save the day, yeah. Barney. Yeah, I've been there a couple of times. It's yeah. great, isn't yeah. it? You should yeah. definitely visit if you're in Melbourne. Yeah. You'll uh, love it. Yeah, oh, it, it's uh, on the so-called bucket list, and, uh, uh, but I, I've, I've spoken to people down there from over years, uh, but the, no, I haven't. It's a shame, isn't it? We've actually tried to get them down here for the opening. We, we didn't. Oh, they didn't yeah. quite. I don't. They yeah. quite believe what we've got. Yeah. <laughs> maybe for a future event. We know. Pe we know people like curators and things that work there. So maybe we can connect yeah. you. Okay. When did the museum open? This museum? Yeah. Uh, it well opened in April the ninth or something. About, about early April. Early April. Yeah. Early yeah. April. So this year. This year. Yeah. yeah. So we've been going just over six months. And uh, our tallies are, are very good. Um, uh, I, I reckon over 12 months we'll have about 2,000 have gone through. Up to, that, up to about a month back it was about 1,500 or 1,600 that have gone through. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. excellent. Yeah. And there's a lot of support from the community um, generally, yeah. do you think, for the museum? Uh, yeah, I, I reckon it's, yeah, I reckon there has been a lot of support. Mm -hmm. So we've got that acknowledgement board there, yeah. and there's 67 names on that or, of people or organisations. Uh, now, they're, they're uh, yeah, like that's huge. Just to give you an indication, uh, we did have a GoFundMe, later, sort of later in the piece, a GoFundMe, um, but the, 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 the big donations were unsolicited. Uh, there was oh, uh, half a dozen people gave $1,000, just came to us, didn't go to them. Lots of people gave $500. Uh, uh, that's, uh, like, that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, uh, well, I should mention the Rotary Club, the Rotary Club, the sale. 
Um, both Barney and I had been connected with it, might have, might have helped, but uh, we, we did, we were going on the Rabina, and the, about two years ago there was a, an event to raise money for, for this restoration, and it was uh, Race the Rabina, it's called, and so that raised $11,000 or more, eleven dollars $12,000. Might sound a lot, but when you've got no money, you started with no money. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. And we're not finished yet because uh, we get, we've got more things to display, haven't we, Barney? Can you talk about what's happening next? Yeah, we've got a set of the original plans, which we've had. It's up at the site at the moment. They're mounted in plastic, the same as that. Well, here, but uh, I'll get it out again. Wow. Yeah, that's where that's, this one's just in plastic. We're getting one properly mounted to go there. But that's the original range of plan with his. His signature and everything on it. Oh wow, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, so it'll be mounted just yeah. the same as these, but on the wall here. And do you have this in your collection, or where's this? Is this where's in the Shire's collection? Or? Yeah, the, it came from the from the archive of the Sale Museum or the Sale Historical Society. So there's four different range of plans that we have down there. That's one of them. So there's there's plans for every aspect of the uh, of the project of the original project, 1888. Are you going to have lots of school groups coming through, yeah. or have already had lots of school groups? Uh, yes and no. We, we, we've had uh, we've had one school group. We had 180 go, go through. It was a, a bit of a learning experience. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, it was a little bit of a learning experience. And like the the worst thing in the world is for for schools to sort of say, well, what are we what are we going to do with the day? The kids we, we're going to have a, some some occasion or bringing the grade sixes into the school. And we uh, now, what are we going to do with the form? Great form ones for the day. Oh, let's go out there without. Well, well, you know, it's unstructured sort of stuff. So I learned from that. And uh, and and uh, water does a, is on the geography syllabus. Does anyone tell me? I'm trying to find out. It's, it's it may be year two, is it? Or I'm not sure. it's certainly. So I'm, we're wanting to tie it into the yeah, school curriculum. That makes sense. Uh, and uh, so. Uh, uh, so we've got, got interest from various schools for early next year when they get back to school. Mm. But uh, uh, yeah, it's a sort of a learning experience. Well, well I should have known better. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they were good. They kept, they were good. Yeah. But and but and and they, and they had a worksheet. Uh, so you could all, we could all learn from this. Had a worksheet, but then they had various questions. So one question might relate to something here, then the other question might relate to something up, you now three floors up. <laughs> it got pretty messy, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, we were in, when 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 I when we began, I began any, anyway on the project. I had a strong interest in uh, water conservation and uh, and the preciousness of water and getting this instilled in the school groups. And so it was so it was, and I had a look. I, I, I entered the school as a local school across there called Five for Five. It's the original state school and so on. And they sort of regard this park and and. And this this water tower as part of their sphere, really, and they sort of always regarded it as that. And so I think we'll develop a special relationship between that school too. But so it's a long-winded yeah. answer, isn't it? But yeah. Yeah. no, no, it's a good answer. Look, I think so. I work at Melbourne Museum, and so what the museum does is creates education kits. Yeah. So for the school groups and for different year levels, and that just helps you yeah. kind of guide different year levels through yeah. the experience. Yeah. At Melbourne so Museum. At yeah. Melbourne Museum, that's yeah. how... Because they, they get, you know, the museum gets large groups of students. Yeah. So. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 
And they're often walking around with their iPads now and doing exercises while they're in the museum. Yeah, that's right. They love it, so they run around sort of... Yeah. Okay, so I think we we need to go upstairs. Everyone time to explore. Yes. Um, A couple of things. There's storyboards on each level, um, but there also is the ability to listen to some commentary. Um, If you want to use your phone and your headphones, sailwatertower.com.au. There's commentary for each floor. Also, when you get to the very top floor, don't forget to look up. Yeah, look up. It's magnificent, the actual water tank. Excellent. Absolutely magnificent. I have a question about Mm -hmm. you saying this holds up and there's a pipe in here. And I know to my simple mind there's two beams going across and then it's like, where's the pipe and how does it go up? There's a pipe in here. So so there's not that much water on either side. There's on either side, yeah. So it's not a smaller pipe. There'll, there'll, be, a valve, there'll be a valve, won't there, Barney? Yeah, but these, these, these timbers don't go right through. No. They're quite thin on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's because you've got the bracket there as well. The so that, that strengthens up. It effectively halves the span, you see. So yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's incredibly overbuilt. <laughs> that's why I still here today. It's just incredibly overbuilt. Yeah. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. So, so Michelle, uh, Barney will go upstairs with you too and, and, and uh, talk about. I, I, I failed to mention the pipe, uh, the, the the water pipe over there. Uh, the original pipes were, were cast iron. This one here. Originally, they were cast iron. Uh, they were six inch. This was a twelve inch pipe. So originally, Granger's was a six inch inch pipe up the year. Uh, but by 1915, householders were complaining about dirty water, rust in the water, and it's amazing, like, this is where the, the troops are in Gallipoli fighting it out, slogging it out in Gallipoli, but there's still money to do things back in, in Victoria. Uh, and uh, so the cast iron pipes were taken up and uh, these timber pipes were put in. Now, they're, they're really magnificent how they're made. They're wooden staves. Uh, it's Douglas fir timber. We know it as Oregon from imported timber. Uh, and they're so milled and tongue-grooved that they all fit together neatly to form the... Uh, shape. Then the steel is wrapped around to hold them together, mm-hmm. uh, and then finally they're dipped. You don't, can't demonstrate this to you, but uh, the, the makers, uh, who are in, in Footscray, Melbourne, dipped it into a hot bath of coal tar, okay. hot sort of bitumen, you know, hot. Yeah. And so, and that sealed it further. Then finally, hessian wrapped around it, and then laid in the trenches. And now that pipe. Was not, sorry, 1915 installed, and it was taken out in Cunningham. We're in Cunningham Street. It was taken out in the mall in Cunningham Street in about 1983, wow. and wow. it's still working. You know, and they still make, make those those by the hydroelectricity in Tasmania still use those pipes. Wow, and amazing, wouldn't yeah. it? And when you get you get a chance when you're going up, just feel inside, and uh, not a booby trap at all. <laughs> <laughs> There's a possum in there. <laughs> You'll see how, how the timber is so, whatever the word is, uh, uh, scored, how it is, how rough it is, there's water ru- rushing through it, how pitted it is. You'd think it would be smooth with that kind of energy, like that it would wear yeah. stuff away, but no. I guess it would. What's yeah. the answer to that one, Barney? Oh, no, it just raises the grain, like if, yeah. you've got a, you know, if you've got a scrubbing board or something with timber, you get, you, the grain raises up for a while, and it can be something similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, river wood. If you've ever seen wood polished by a river, yeah. it has a wonderful gnarled 
ridges mm. and things. That's what yeah, it leaves, it leaves the hard bits and it does. takes yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. That was Michelle Page Cook, Peter Sinan and his mate Barney at the Salwater Tower Museum. Thanks for listening, folks. If you'd like to get in touch with New Cardigan, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook or on our website, www.newcardigan.org. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. Remember to keep an ear out for more Cardicasts and check out our website for events, merchandise, news and more. And remember, folks, JFDI. JFDI.